So today we're going to talk about one of my favorite topics ever. Um, I know a lot of candidates are really overwhelmed when it comes to preparing for cases. So in today's podcast, I want to talk about the six things that I'd expect a candidate to focus on in their preparation. It's the, it's the only six things that I focus on. When we train candidates, these are the six things we drill into our candidates. I mean, we drive it hard. Sometimes, for example, I had a candidate today from the Middle East, a British guy. I really like him. He's a nice guy, an amazing personality, friendly. I really want him to succeed in life because I think he's young, he's ambitious, he's achieved a lot, but he's definitely got a very bright future if he can pull himself together. And I think he can do that, right? And I remember today I tell him, look, you did very badly in the second training session. So today we're going to focus on communication drills. And we just hammered on the key points in terms of, you know, what do you need to do to communicate well? And I think he liked it, actually. And, you know, just judging by his performance in today's communication drills, he did very well. So the point I'm trying to make here is that I'm going to focus on those six things that we try to drill into our candidates. And we make sure, we, we give them... Whenever we're giving them a case, we're always testing one of these six things from different angles. And sometimes we're testing all six things in one case. So what are these six things that we are testing that you need to focus on as you go into your interview rounds? Well, I think the first thing you have to understand is communication. We've spoken about communication many, many times in cases. And we've used many analogies, we've used many concepts to explain it. So I'm not going to delve into this. It's covered many places. I will touch on a few points of communication. Communication does not ever refer to the quality of your English. I have some Asian American students, or Asian students, I'm sure they're not American nationals, American passport holders yet, but Asian students and Russian students and French students whose English is terrible. I mean, it's really bad, but they're able to communicate the analytical way they're thinking through through their bad language. And that's what I'm interested in. I don't care if they use the wrong words. As long as I can understand the analytical viewpoint, I'm fine with it, right? So that's one point about communication. The second point about communication is that when you communicate, you are communicating for your audience. For a lot of people, when they speak in cases, they are speaking to themselves. In fact, again talking to this British guy, I actually proved to him that he was communicating to himself. I gave him a case, and then I went off and made myself a cup of coffee and came back. He didn't even know I disappeared. He just kept on talking to himself. And then I pointed out to him, how do you know I didn't go and make myself a cup of coffee while you were speaking? I actually did. So when you are doing a case, make sure you are talking to the interviewer continuously, right? An analogy here is that, you know, imagine you go out on a date and the person is only looking at their Blackberry and every five minutes they stick their head up and say, you know, so, so what were you talking about? That's the way it feels to an interviewer when you put your head down, work on a few stuff and every few minutes you come up and ask, for, you know, do you have any questions? I don't want you to ask me every three minutes if you have a question. I want you to talk with me all the time so that need to stick your head up and ask, do you have any questions is sort of moot. And just the other point on communication is that um, when you're communicating, remember that it's a little bit like presenting when someone cannot see your slides. Um, you need to compensate for the lack of those visual cues, right? So communication is very important. We drive home this point many times. We also prove that depending on the wording you choose in your case, you can either make the case very difficult or you can make it very easy, right? So communication is fundamental. And I'll tell you right now, I don't care how smart you are, I don't care how good you're doing it, how good you are doing cases. If you cannot communicate, you're going to fail the case. In fact, if you're okay at cases but brilliant at communication, you're going to do relatively well, right? Now let's talk about some core technical skills, right? The first core technical skill is being able to do estimation questions. If you look at any case, right, any case, no matter how big that case is, that case can be split into two parts. One is brainstorming out structures 
to analyze part of the case or the whole case. And then once you've brained out a, brainstormed out a structure, you've got to isolate the problem and then estimate the magnitude of the problem or the benefit of fixing it. So really, if you decompose a full case, it comes down to estimation questions and brainstorming questions. Estimation technique, you know, we use a very unusual estimation technique, which really brings an enormous amount of discipline, structure, and rigor to the way you're going to solve cases, but also makes it very easy for people who are weak at math. Because the technique we use eliminates a lot of the mistakes people make with regards to writing untidily, not using units, making their structures too confusing. We really break it down into sort of a paint-by-numbers approach. But you've got to know how to do estimation cases. You're not going to pass case interviews unless you can do estimation questions well. And if you start all estimation questions from a demand-side approach, you're dead. Right? I can tell you right now, you are toast. So make sure you understand the approach to do estimation questions. After estimation questions, the third thing we want you to focus on is brainstorming. And I cannot stress this enough. If you can brainstorm well, you will never have to memorize another framework for your entire life. If you can brainstorm well, you will never ever be scared of cases because you know you are expecting something you've never seen, but you're comfortable with it. For many candidates, they are terrified of seeing a case they've never seen before. Why? Because to be honest, the candidate hasn't actually learned how to solve a case. And I'll be honest, I'll tell this to candidates directly. If you can solve a case because you've seen it before, then you're not very good. If you can solve a case that you've never seen before by applying first principles, then I'm interested in talking to you, right? I'm interested in hiring you, and I think you've got a bright future in consulting. But if you got in because you've done 300 cases, and the only reason you solved the case is because you've seen six examples of it before, then you've really memorized an approach, and you don't really know how to do consulting, and most likely you're going to be managed out after six months to a year. Candidates don't like it when I say that, but that's the reality. And in fact, Candidates who are spending their time doing like 75 hours of cases, 100 cases, 200 cases, invariably come back to me and say that they've done very badly. Because it's not about the number of cases you've done, it's about your technique. And one of the key techniques you have to learn is how to brainstorm, right? The fourth thing you have to learn is how to use communication, so it's a subset of communication, to structure your case. So it's one thing to brainstorm, it's one thing to do estimation questions as well, but how do you put them all together to build out an approach to solve a case? That you have to do. That's not actually difficult to do, it's really one of the easiest things we teach. Um, so I'm not going to talk about it too much, but I think that unless you actually have someone who's experienced showing you how to do that, you're going to make a mess of things. Beyond that, I think fit is very important. It always, you know, whenever candidates come to me and say, you know what, Michael, cases, my, cases are my largest problems. I'm pretty good at fit. I always laugh. Sometimes in the call, but usually after the call, because I have yet to see a candidate who's better at fit questions than they are at cases. Most candidates are bad at cases and even worse at fit. And, I, and I'm willing to take a bet with someone, anyone who's listening to this podcast, that... You know, if they, if, they, if they think they are different, fine, contact me and let's see if they're different. But I'm pretty sure that you're going to be worse at fit than cases. I've yet to meet a candidate who's good at fit. I did meet one candidate, an executive level MBA, executive MBA candidate from the uh, University of, um, from Columbia University in the media industry, Indian National. I actually thought his fit was pretty good. Not better than his cases, but his fit was pretty good, but still worse than his cases. But I was very surprised at how, well it, how good he was at fit. They were almost in a par, which is very unusual. The final thing you have to do, right, and this is very important, is that you need to know the differences between the McKinsey approach, the Bain approach, the BCG approach, the Rollenberger, the Deloitte approach, and you have to understand 
how to use different approaches based on the prompts you're given in the case. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of candidates struggle to do this, right? And one of the things we've worked on a lot since the internship last year is to build an approach in our training which can help candidates deal with this. If you cannot understand how to apply different approaches to solve a case, you're going to struggle. You can't use the same approach to solve a BCG, McKinsey, and Bain case. You could, but you have to be very good. And if you could adjust your approach going with the answer first or hypothesis-led approach in McKinsey or Bain, your, your life is made a whole lot easier. And you know, with BCG, if you can go for this facilitated brainstorming approach, your life would be much easier as well. But you have to know how to pivot. You have to know when to switch your approach and how to do it. So those are my six tips. Communication, uh, understanding estimation cases, being able to brainstorm, being able to build full case frameworks, being able to do fit, and being able to pivot. If you are going into cases, make sure those are the six things on what you focus. Make sure that you build them in quite eloquently into your training program. As always, I will respond to comments.